Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news explained by our two funniest friends. Which is us. Yes, it is. Today we are talking about Mike Pompeo's meltdown. Bolton's book deal. And Lordy, there are tapes. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. <laughs> Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? What's up? Not much. It's a weird day, isn't it? It is a weird day. I guess we'll jump into my getting me through so I can explain it. I mean, we obviously wanted to address the biggest news on everybody's mind. Absolutely. It's not what's getting us through. So we'll start that segment in a second. Yeah. Um, But we wanted to talk about Kobe Bryant and um, his daughter, Gianna Bryant, and um, the seven other people who perished in that helicopter accident yesterday. Yeah, we're still learning more this morning about who was involved and obviously many families were involved um nine people died there are still names trickling out um that we're recording now at 11 right now we know of a few other families affected including the mausers christina mauser was an assistant coach um, at gianna's mamba academy for her mamba academy basketball team she leaves behind a husband and three children john altabelli um they're in whole family uh, his wife Carrie and their daughter Alyssa passed away in the crash the college confirmed his death and then another player named Peyton Chester and her mother Sarah these are so far being confirmed by families and employers and I think that the police is still waiting as they said yesterday they didn't want any of this to leak or to come out to the news to be broken to families that were affected from TV so they were sort of slowly trickling out the information well I know when this first happened there was some question over whether the reports were accurate and I even saw like someone said TMZ might have been hacked and Mm -hmm. I think that the reason was that they hadn't informed uh, the Bryants yet or any of the families so they didn't want to confirm the reporting so I mean imagine oh god it's awful I mean I also when you were talking about the, the Altabellis and how it's their whole family, I when I saw that it was that it was the two parents and a daughter, I was my first thought was like, I hope they don't have another kid. Me too. Um, yeah. It's just horrible. Um, I know that's uh, yeah. Yesterday there there were all these you know reports like maybe were any of his kids on board and maybe all of them and like the thought of all of them, but the mom. The, yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean my. My dad is like a pilot for fun and always goes up in little planes. And my mom had a rule. She still does. She's like, I'll never send all of you up. She like, should keep that rule. Yeah. Like, like, I, for sure. We never all go. Like, she'll, she'll let us all go as a family because then no one's left behind. But she yeah. won't let all of the kids go. She'll always make sure at least one of us is not is not up there. But obviously, heartbreak. I mean, very few things bring. I can't imagine what it's like to be in Los Angeles or Philadelphia right now. But not a lot of things bring a hush over New York. But there I is. I know. I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, I saw I saw a lot of obnoxious takes on Twitter that were like, why? Like, why is everyone suddenly like caring? It's like, I don't even think it's necessarily like ab- about him. Obviously, he was such a legend. But I think that if you hear this story about even just like 
someone, let's say a coworker tells you it about right. a, a, about an acquaintance that they know, you would still find this to be a devastating story. Like it's horrible. And I think that when you look up close at a tragedy that happens to anybody, it is as devastating. It's just not as magnified. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the emotion I felt about it would be the same way I felt if someone had told me this story happened to their old family and yeah. they weren't they weren't famous. Right. This would be a national news story, I think, even if Kobe Bryant and his daughter weren't on on the plane. I mean, a massive like you helicopter think? crashes. Uh, possibly. I mean, only because of the location. Yeah. Like, I think as anything happens near Los Angeles, people wonder if somebody, a, a public figure was involved. But, right. And there's just this like, it's not been like, if you're scared of flying, it hasn't been a great month. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think helicopters are are different. I mean, I don't know the statistics on this and I don't want to like scare right. anybody because I think statistically you would hear that it's actually fine. They, they are quite rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was caused, um, they say that conditions were really foggy. Um, they were so foggy that day that LAPD's air support division had grounded grounded its helicopters for the day. But um, the pilot was actually certified to fly in foggy and cloudy conditions. Um, so it's not like they were doing something. Right. Um, like that super, was out- super dangerous. Yeah. Or irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just it's so sad. And I mean, it really just none of this is guaranteed. Right. Um, you know, you look at people and, you know, they seem to have everything. It can all go away. Right. And right. Yeah. We, yeah. We were saying I, there's been so many high profile deaths and it's not that this one's more tragic. They tend a lot of them, unfortunately, have happened in the context of like addiction or just emotional and mental suffering that we may or may not have known that somebody was going through a while so when it's just such a unbelievable freak accident like these things are already rare it's rare for helicopters to crash and it's rare for celebrities to pass away for public figures to pass away so when they combine i think it just rattles everybody yeah and the fact that he was with his daughter and i watched those videos of them playing basketball and him talking to her it's it's heartbreaking I, i watched it hundreds of times each one yeah um but, you know, it really does put things into perspective. And, you know, I felt a great sense of gratitude and almost a type of gratitude that, like, hurts. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I have what I have. And I also can't bear the thought of. Right. Yeah. It's weird that when emotions are positive, they can also like be tinged with. Totally. Negative at the same time. Right. 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 Like, so happy that the people around me are around me, but terrified for, you know, when they walk out the door, if they're going to come back. Yeah. It's weird. Love hurts. Yeah. It does. It's very, this is, it's a very hard thing to accept. I feel like it's still. Yeah. It is. Surreal. It is. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, 
Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. What's getting you through the week, Sammy? Um, on a lighter <laughs> note, Mike Pompeo is unraveling. Unraveling. I mean, this man has, let's be honest, no business being in the position he's no. in. He is like a little milk dud of a man. <laughs> <laughs> so if he a- were actually a senator right now, he would be drinking more milk than anybody. Yeah, literally. He, yeah, he is a cartoon character to yeah. me. Um, so basically what happened is... Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo allegedly verbally harassed an NPR reporter for asking him questions, as reporters do. Um, so basically, on Friday, Mike Pompeo sat, sat down for an interview with uh, journalist Mary Louise Kelly of NPR um, to have an interview about U.S. policy toward Iran. Um, and they were also going to cover um, some other issues, such as Ukraine. Um, and the his team was aware of this yep. and was aware that this that these types of questions were on the table. So here's what happened. Um, basically, he gives this interview with Mary Louise Kelly, and she asked some questions that I think that he was not interested in answering. So he starts to get a little salty when she asked about. Um, the ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, specifically, she asked if he thinks that if she, if he thinks that he owes an apology to her for not defending her when Trump wanted to have her fired and basically smeared her saying that she was corrupt um, because technically he is her highest boss because she's a diplomat and he's the secretary of state. And this was the one where he was like, I'm not going to do a public statement of support because he'll just tweet about it and then it's useless. God, yeah. Yeah. I mean. You can still give a public statement of support. Right, right. That was the claim. Exactly. Um, So when she asked about that, he said, you know, I agreed to come on your show today to talk about Iran. That's what I intend to do. Then he ended the interview and he apparently, she says that he glared at her for a few minutes before leaving the room. And when I hear a few minutes, I'm like, that's a long time. But I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. So he ends the interview and then apparently she like walks out of the room and he has a staff member that comes in and offers her to sit down again with a secretary of state. But would she leave her recorder behind? Um, so she she agrees to it. And she's this is not recorded, but she reports on what happened. And this is what she says. I was taken to the secretary's private living room where he was waiting and where he shouted at me for about the same amount of time as the interview itself. He was not happy to have been questioned about Ukraine. He asked, do you think Americans care about Ukraine? He used the F word in that sentence and many others. He asked if I could find Ukraine on a map. I said yes. And he called out for aides to bring us a map of the world with no writing. I pointed to Ukraine. He put the map away. He said, people will hear about this. Okay. This is this is the part that's getting that's getting me through. Yeah. This is where it gets good. Um, <laughs> the man just has blank maps sitting around. <laughs> that's what I want to know, which suggests that he may have pulled this stunt in the past because right. who just has like blank world maps or even who to whom does it even occur? Bring me a blank map. Right. Like, have you done this before? What is that your thing? The last time I saw a blank map, I was being tested in AP European history. Right, right. So yeah. I actually could find Ukraine on a map. Oh, because yeah. Of, thanks to that. The Sporkle generation. It's Are you kidding? the biggest one. It's right. not that hard to find. <laughs> really? Um, okay. So basically after this interview, Pompeo clearly knew that like this is not good. And I just want to note that this that this reporter, Mary Louise Kelly, is highly respected. Legit. She ha- She's an expert on the region. She earned a master's degree in European studies at the University of Cambridge. She's not a joke. He didn't. Like, yeah, he, he did it. Um, I don't remember what he was. He worked in like oil. Probably. Um, 
Okay. And, and this guy also like has presidential ambitions, which is my favorite thing. Well, he. Not uh, <laughs> no, no, I actually think. This, yeah. You know, that's true. At the, the, at the Trump, way we're going, this. If you like Trump, seems... wait till you see this guy. <laughs> Just curses at women. Yeah. Exactly. So after this interview, Pompeo wrote a public statement accusing Kelly of confusing Bangladesh and Ukraine and not being able to find Ukraine on the map. Yeah. So this is what he says. And tell me this doesn't sound like a spoiled freaking brat. <laughs> OK. He did this with this on I'm like gonna, a State Department letterhead. Yeah, I'm going to read it Okay, how I imagine. NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly lied to me twice. <laughs> First last month in setting up our interview and then again yesterday in agreeing to have our post-interview conversation off the record. Ugh. It is shameful that this reporter chose to violate the basic rules of journalism and decency. This is another example of how unhinged the media has become in its quest to hurt President Trump and this administration. It is no wonder that the American people distrust many in the media when they so consistently demonstrate their agenda and their absence of integrity. It is worth noting that Bangladesh is not Ukraine. <laughs> I just imagine that ends with like hashtag like Hashtag if you know you know or something. Yeah. like that's just a real like she knows she knows what she did. Such a I guess implying that she pointed to like he's cr- such a baby. Such what a kind baby. of like you're the one in power. You right. are the one with the power. You don't have to act like this. He he acts like this every time. So okay, should we do so NPR is maintaining that it obeyed everything and also like WAPO got the Washington Post got the emails about how actually this sort of pre-screening went down and whether yeah no one ever shows up to an interview without agreeing on the parameters right you're not going to interview Mike Pompeo just like hey he's not just going to show up with no it's not Rudy Giuliani right 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 yeah (laughs) who's like exactly calling reporters at three in the morning like yes hello (laughs) yeah um so in the emails Pompeo's staff urges Kelly to stick to Ukraine and Kelly says or to to get away to not yeah include to, stick, to stick to Iran so in the emails that Washington Post obtained Pompeo's staff urges Kelly to stick to Iran but she never but she replies that she never takes anything off the table and will try to discuss what is relevant and not force Pompeo to repeat himself um yeah because they're sort of replying like she's like I think I'm gonna ask a little bit about Ukraine if it comes up and they're like yeah he's just been talking about that a lot so like I think he wants to talk about Iran and she's like yeah, I wouldn't want to. Of she's, course, she's she wants like, to talk yeah, about a, I'm a journalist. Like, I'm not going to have him just repeat things. But this is like the biggest story of the year. Of I'm, it's on the table. So there seems to be a back and forth. They're both sort of saying the same thing at each other. They're saying like, please don't. She's saying this is yeah. no. Right. She's like, I he- I hear you, and I want it to be a good. A good I take interview. your question, and I don't yeah. give a shit because I think also his team was also probably didn't want to make him look like a monster, which was a fail, and was like, yeah, of course, of course, you can ask anything. We're we're an open a book, whatever. But his. He, just don't ask about his that. His team didn't make him look like a failure. Right. He made himself. Right. And then like he's lying failure. and he's like, she lied to me. She said she lied. She lied. She lied. It's like. Yeah. It's. Jur- it's. Yeah. Come on. I know. I think he's claiming that. Um, I mean, the only. Uh, I don't know. Damning claim would be like if she took off the record statements. But it's a journalist. That's a judgment. And also she says she didn't. She well, ne- nobody ever said off the record. They just weren't recording. Well, for something to be off the record, both the journalist and yeah. the subject have to agree, have to confirm that it's going to be off the record. She never confirmed just because he asked for it to be off the record doesn't mean that it is. Right. Um, and it seems like he doesn't even want people to be want it to be off the record because he said people will hear about this. Right. And they right. did. <laughs> they did. Um, so in the aftermath of that, five Democrats on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Cory Booker, Tim Kaine, Ed Markey, Bob Menendez, and Jeff Merkley, wrote uh, Pompeo a letter denouncing the corrosive effects of your behavior on American values and standing in the world. I think that could be said for a few people. Right. Yeah. So that's that story. That's that story. The Secretary of State, the top diplomat, right. is... A baby. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that he has been pushed on a lot of things Ukraine related, and he's always a little shit about it. 
But I yeah. wonder, I feel like this, he knows that there is no excuse for not speaking up for Maria Manovich. Yeah. He knows. This has been, I mean, the, the phase, I think finally, but the, there was a period for about a week when it came out that she had maybe been followed or we had no explanation for why this dude, Robert Hyde, seemed to know where she was all the time. But like, imagine if like, I mean, I just imagine if like, if I were stalked as a result of my work and you or Betches <laughs> were to say nothing and I'm out there like hiring lawyers and just nobody said anything. I think he knows that this is inexcusable. Yeah, he knows. And I he mean, knows that he can't he can't actually apologize with this without showing all his cards. But he also knows that he can't apologize because that would undermine everything. His boss. Right. The big man. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Which brings us to our next story, our first story in the main news, which also confirms um, more of Pompeo's role in the Ukraine scandal. Yeah, yeah. So this is huge news. That This is our first huge story. news. Wait, can I show you? Um, I have a what? t-shirt that says big news that I wear on days that are big news. Oh, well, today is big news. It's <laughs> <No>. really fun. <laughs> That's amazing. So the New York Times has learned that in an unpublished manuscript by former National Security Advisor John Bolton, he has claimed that Trump told him he wanted to withhold military aid to Ukraine until the country helped him with investigations into Democrats, specifically mentioning Joe Biden. So this is from a manuscript from Bolton's book. A number of people had this manuscript, and we don't yet know how the Times obtained it, if they have the whole thing, or if they just heard about portions about it. We know that the White House has it and that close associates have it. But the Times has, you know, reviewed this manuscript and says that it says this. Yeah. So coming off of the heels of a week where the Senate was refusing to hear witnesses, John Bolton being kind of the number one totally. get for these witnesses, um, there is direct evidence. This is what's in John Bolton's book is direct evidence that Trump specifically sought the investigations himself, not just, you know, through a proxy yeah. um, for political reasons. Not this is not a policy thing. It wasn't that he was trying to like root out corruption in Ukraine, if anyone believed that, even a little bit. Um, but that's what his defense has been arguing. Um, so up until now, Bolton has not testified in the impeachment inquiry, neither in the House nor the Senate. Um, the House declined to subpoena him because they knew that there, that there would potentially lead to a long protracted court battle and over whether Trump could withhold his testimony, whether it be protected by privilege. Um, so Bolton says he'll come to the Senate if he is subpoenaed, but as we know, there's no certainty that there will be witnesses, let alone um, the ability to subpoena them. Um, however, it seems that this is kind of causing, you know, a crack in the the dam, is that yeah. what I'm saying? Um, of whether or not the Senate will actually call witnesses, specifically him. Don't you feel like we've said this so many times before, though? Like, there's been so many cracks in the dam. I never I, know. I already pre-feel the feeling, and I hope I'm wrong. Please let me be wrong. Um, the feeling that I felt when Susan Collins voted for Brett Kavanaugh. Like, yeah. I can't believe I ever thought it was ever going to go a I different know. way. Like, I don't want to believe right, that we're right. going to get him to speak right because i know i'll just be sad 
Right. I don't want to be sad right. but anymore. It's interesting. Yeah, like when I, I was on my trip and then I was away over the weekend, I was I was catching up as I was coming back and everything was like, yeah, this is over. We're just ambling towards an acquittal, which I think probably is still true, but like nothing else is going to happen. And then this is like being seen as a real, a real blockbuster moment because it came right after one of Trump's defense attorneys said in the Senate trial on their first day, like there is no direct, nobody, there's no firsthand knowledge of any witness anywhere who can say that this happened. Well, there's all which wasn't true when he said it, is, but yeah, it's yeah, completely false. There's obviously firsthand knowledge. It's just not people that the White House is allowing us to speak to. And the only people who have been um, willing and able to come forth, even though the White House would have stopped them if they could, um, are these people, Marie Ivanovich, Fiona Hill, Bill Taylor, who are low enough on the totem pole that they cannot be considered to have directly heard from Trump. But again, right. they're the only ones right. with like, the courage to do so. Exactly. Um the one sketchy part about this leak or this breaking news is that literally just hours after this story broke, Bolton's book was available for pre-order on Amazon, and he is ripping off a Hamilton song <laughs> for his title because, you know, you know, create it, creativity right. and, you know, cultural, you know, insight usually doesn't live on the right side. No. So, yes, the room where it happened. White House memoir. I like how it's his memoir. Yeah. Okay. Like you were there for six months and got like berated every yeah. day. I would hardly call this a memoir. And you have five hundred. How did he fill five hundred twenty-eight right. pages with that very short tenure? What was he right. there like a year? Yeah, and he wrote that much. I mean, when did he resign? Like end of fall, early fall, late fall? Was it resign or did he quit? Right. That's right. also maybe up it for says debate. in the memoir. And <laughs> well, I'm sure it does say because I know that when he left, there was. Bolton was like, I quit. Trump was like, you're fired. Right, right. And then he went on Twitter. and I talked about this last week about how that was actually poor business because, you know, you never yeah. want to have to fire someone. Right. You have to pay them severance, blah, blah, blah. So, so true. Yeah. So this book is supposed to come out March 17th. I have a feeling we'll be reading excerpts before that. Yeah. I do too. Um, but let's go through the claims that are so supposed to be in this book. Yeah. Um, there's a few big ones. Um, the first is that President Donald Trump told Bolton he wanted to continue holding military aid to Ukraine until they helped with and until they helped with investigation into Democrats, specifically Biden and Burisma and his son's role on their board. Yeah. Um, Bolton also says that Trump privately disparaged Ukraine on numerous occasions. I wonder where he's getting that propaganda from. <laughs> Um, he did so in front of top advisors in Senator Ron Johnson, a uh, Republican from Wisconsin. He railed about Ukraine trying to damage him and mentioned a conspiracy theory about a hacked Democratic server. Um, he continued to beat this drum on several occasions. One was during a meeting after he returned from his golf vacation. Um, Bolton asked him about the $391 million in congressionally appropriate assistance, which he is legally obligated to send them. And... Trump basically said we're not giving it to the them. Same thing, yeah. Um, and then it also says that Bolton Pompeo and and Defense Secretary Mark Esper just constantly were pressing Trump to release the aid, which is stuff that I think we we at least knew that Pompeo and Esper were doing that, and there were meetings that like everybody in the White House wanted this aid, but the book probably has more details about what happened in those meetings and Trump's rationale for withholding it, which seems that he repeated to Bolton many times because I want them to investigate the Bidens or at least announce investigations into the Bidens. Right. And it, it's so it, part of it is the Bidens and part of it is um, that there's this server that right. Ukraine helped the Democrats lose the election in 2016, yeah. um, which is to be um, 
just to put it out there, it is a Russian yes. propaganda talking point. It is pushed by the the Kremlin. There is no evidence to suggest that this is true. It has been investigated. Um, yeah. Sorry. So, you know, this is like a, the, a high ranking eyewitness to this corruption that his team has claimed doesn't exist. So I think the biggest takeaway from this is that Bolton is like, yeah, I I heard him tie this these two things together. He would be the highest ranking person to have seen that he is a this is not this is this is a republican this is a conservative ideologue this man is not okay to talk about how republican this guy is during the during the bush the w bush administration he was like the guy that everyone was the democrats were like most freaking out about because of how extreme of right. a conservative yeah, he is I like think, he's not like he's yeah. not even like donald rumsfeld he's like more than that like right he's like he was bush the one who people like, were like wait is he is he too crazy for the bush administration right <laughs> so this guy is like not some liberal hero he is not like you know some woke guy right. like, he like was bush like i'm doing a like, turnaround bush needed to like wait until the senate was like on recess to like sneak in a confirmation for some role this is the guy that like wants Iran, like regime change in iran he's the one who wrote five thousand troops to syria yes. on his notepad the one note <laughs> right. he took in some meeting right he's always trying to go to war right. like notoriously obsessed with war people used to say he was like the scariest person in the trump administration so who else does he talk about um, so he talks about Pompeo, like we alluded to earlier. Our fave. Our fave. Um, he acknowledged privately that there was no basis to claims by Rudy Giuliani that the ambassador to Ukraine was corrupt and believed that Giuliani may have been acting on behalf of other clients. So Pompeo will say it privately. He just won't say it publicly, right. which is what Mary Louise Kelly was asking about. So it's yeah. just really all goes full circle. He also talks about Mick Mulvaney, who he says was present for at least one phone call where the president and Giuliani discussed Ambassador Marie Ivanovich. This is in contrast to what Mulvaney has claimed, which is that he would always step away when the president spoke with Giuliani to preserve their attorney-client privilege. Whenever Mulvaney comes up, and like, like, oh, yeah, you I, guys right. are so above board about everything. I'm sure he right. walked away from the conversation. And it, this man also has already said on TV, of course, we tied aid to investigations. Get over They've it. They've admitted these crimes like we're in the dozens right. now right. in various formats. Different people have said it. Trump himself has asked for China right. to investigate the Bidens. What, what? Yeah. At this point, Democrats, like I was watching Adam Schiff on CNN this morning, and I feel like they're doing a good job. At this point, there are still all of these explosive things, but they're react. They're like, yeah, this is. This is just in addition to, you know, they're not really giving into the like, oh, my God, this is it. They're like, it was it a month ago. Like, this yeah. just adds to it. Of course. Of course. Like, what are you talking about? Of course, this is accurate. This is what we've been saying the whole time. I think that's one of the things that's the hardest to deal with in this administration is that all the information gets confirmed, like, on a lag. Yes. So you have the story. You have the you have, like, the picture of what went on. And then it gets confirmed later. But everyone's already like, yeah, no shit. I knew that. Right. Because they've, we've already right. been talking about that. And it's like the Trump, Trump gets to offer his denial when it's still a theory or speculative. And then by the time it's confirmed, people are like, well, Trump already said this. So, right. Right. It really yeah. just works in his favor. And then the last person um, who is supposedly mentioned in the, in the manuscript is William Barr. Bolton, Bolton said that after the president's July phone call with Zelensky, the one that the transcript or not transcript is of, um, Bolton said that he talked to Barr about 
his concerns with the fact that Giuliani was basically pursuing a shadow Ukraine policy rather than the legitimate Ukraine policy, which was being pushed forward by Bill Taylor, Marie Ivanovich, Fiona Hill. Um, and Bolton let Barr know that he had been mentioned on that call, because if you remember, Trump had said, talk to Rudy and Bill Barr right. <laughs> about what we're going to do about the aid. Yeah. Um, now, this undermines something that the Justice Department has claimed, which is that Barr only learned about the call in mid-August. So it's about a month or, you know, close to a month of a time discrepancy. Right. Um, and wasn't Barr, like, annoyed when he found out he had been mentioned? Wasn't that the, yeah. wasn't the reporting on that? Yeah. Yeah. Further evidence that Barr is just as corrupt as Trump, right. but he's conscious right. of, like, appearances. Right. Keep so, my name out your mouth when other people are around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Barr like knows what he's doing. Barr, the only Ugh. blessing we have is that Barr is not the president because he's actually competent. Right. So, totally. yeah. yeah. Um, so who leaked the manuscript and why is it happening now? So the manuscript was submitted to um, by Bolton's lawyer, a guy named, his last name is Cooper, to the National Security Council for review, which is part of the White House. This is like a... A standard procedure, even though they believed that there wasn't any classified information. So you submit it to the White House. The White House can decide for themselves, I guess, whether there is classified information. If anything in the book, if any of the revelations compromise international security or national security, um, anything like that. And they submitted it on December 12th and gave the White House 30 days to get back to them. The White House never got back to them. Um, They seem to think that the White House are the ones who leaked this, which... I don't really know why their motivation would be to leak it. Well, um, maybe Paulson, it's just, do you think it was like the White House directed by somebody Trump, that, right, or, oh, right, that's true. When we say the White House, we could mean somebody who is it not, can mean, the White House can refer to Fiona Hill, like it can refer to right, lots of people. Right. Um, they said, it is clear, regrettably, from the New York Times article published today, that the pre-publication review process has been corrupted. Oh, no. And that information has been disclosed by persons other than those properly involved in reviewing the manuscript. Chiefly, though, they do not deny any of the claims. They do not say Bolton didn't say that. Like, that's not what's in the book. They're just like, why'd this get out? They haven't denied anything. They didn't deny anything during the when his lawyers got to make their two hours of arguments on Saturday for impeachment. We'll get to that as our next story. Yeah. I mean, so they submit it. The White House has 30 days to get back to them. There are now theories that I find convincing that the White House was sort of intentionally running out the clock on getting back to them because they figured as long as we don't tell them. Um, this is okay. They will assume that we haven't de- made a determination yet, so of course they won't. They won't leak it, and they probably hoped that the that the impeachment trial would be over by the thirty days, and then they could say, okay, this is fine, and then Trump would have already been would have already been acquitted. Right. Which is some cr- real fucked up shit. Um, I mean, but yeah. what what are, what's to stop uh, the House from bringing new nothing. impeachment articles? There's nothing. That that's. I mean, so the Senate. How could the Senate handle this? How? This, so the Senate could, they could decide to bring witnesses. This is sort of, I mean, anytime there's new revelations, new reporting, people are like, oh, will they call witnesses? This has been the big question. And now it's really emerged because I this hate, is like. I hate how they've shifted the window from like, will we acquit him or will we convict him? Right. To will we even listen to the right. evidence? Right. Exactly. Like the, the window has shifted so not in the Democrats' favor that it's. How is this even the conversation? Like, why are we like, why are we not even harping on like whether or not he should be right? Removed? I mean, the, the gap of like willful ignorance between you know before these revelations after to me is not massive. Like, they already knew the idea. They already knew that all of this information was out there. That Bolton had things to say. He has never said like I'm not coming. He just is like, well, 
they're going to sue me if I like I don't I can't come unless you subpoena me and they haven't they haven't done Look, that. We could raise money for John Bolton's legal defense if right. he gets sued. Like it's fine. Right. If John Bolton this is what I don't get. Like if John Bolton really wanted to go, he would go. Right. There's nothing stopping no? him from going on TV right now and saying whatever he wants. I mean there is Essentially maybe executive privilege But like Trump's just claiming That he has executive privilege No courts have made this determination yet I have executive privilege Right Because nobody's bothering To take the time to like Bring it up the ladder Because it's it's corrupt And it's going to take forever So this could Later this week There will be a vote on witnesses And I mean I feel like Republicans Have been saying All of the information Is already out there Which was already wrong Trump has kept many people But now we have a person Who straight up is We know They wrote 500 pages about it They have information to share That is relevant And so people are saying now I mean how do the Republicans Vote down The witnesses When we have a guy Who has said he knows How did any of this happen I feel like like the defense Is still like Trump's lawyers And Republicans And his allies Can still say like, yeah, but that was still just his policy. His policy was to investigate corruption. He just happened to mention the Bidens that time. But ugh. so, I mean, there's definitely a lot of pressure. I mean, r- reminder, 70 percent of Americans want witnesses. There are rebel- rumblings that this is really making Republicans rethink things. I was reading that Mitt Romney, but that you're right. They say that all the time. They always are rethinking. But then they're like, Adam Schiff said that. Right. Like. A news report said that their exactly. head would be on a right, pike. Right, right. So and I'm offended. Yes. So they don't they give the same weight to some like offhanded comment from a news report. Yes. That they do to the fact that the president is selling our foreign policy. So two completely non equitable things. The fact that they're considering it, like I don't yeah. I don't believe right, that. Right. <laughs> well and plus like to if they approve witnesses, so later this week. Here's how the rest of this week is going to go. There's going to be more defense and there's like about a day or two of questions and then they can vote on whether to bring witnesses. We'd have to have 51 senators, as we know, that say we want to hear from witnesses. After that, Bolton, if then they brought Bolton, which they would have to then, I think, vote to bring Bolton specifically, he would be privately deposed. Then there would be another vote to make some of that testimony public. That could take weeks. And then the White House could say, no, we can't. You can't release what he said or we can't. It could take forever. But we know that Trump doesn't want this to take forever anymore. We know he wants to be cleared by the State of the Union, by the time of his State of the Union. On Why couldn't Nancy 4? Pelosi have done it sooner? Is, wait, so, so the Iowa, Iowa caucus even, and the State of the Union are on the same day? I think the Iowa caucus is a day earlier. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I was even thinking, did Nancy Pelosi know about this? Is that why she held on to the articles? You know, yeah, may, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say. It would be inappropriate if she did. I mean, I don't know what she, what would she would have done. Like, who? I know what Bolton said. And people would have been like, she's crazy. But there's another theory of how this could go down. Legal scholars are saying that the Constitution actually empowers Chief Justice John Roberts, who is currently presiding over the Senate trial, to subpoena Bolton himself. I am really confused why this is just coming out today, because we knew that Bolton had shit to say before it was conf- like. This, do- this, this does not surprise me at all. Like, I kept rereading yeah. this scoop, and literally the extent of it is like, the scoop is that, Trump told Bolton that these things were tied. Yeah. That's it. Like, you know, I kept thinking, like, is there something like that's the simple fact. But that's that is like the smoking gun. But we already sort of knew that. Like, of course, he would have told Bolton that. I wonder if there was a recording. Mm-hmm. We know Bolton took very careful notes. That's what the White House is saying. And like that he 5,000 troops to Syria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that he like inappropriately took them from. Yeah. But oh, apparently he took them from the White the House. The White House is claiming that any notes that John Bolton has, he shouldn't have taken with him. But. There's okay. House impeachment managers can apparently the boss thinks that. <laughs> yeah. 
can apparently invoke specific rules for impeachment that are in the Constitution to give John Roberts subpoena power. All these really complicated rules about impeachment that I don't understand why have not come up yet, but they can just ask Roberts to subpoena people like Bolton and Mulvaney. So why aren't they doing it? I don't know. And this would trigger a separate process for which rather than voting in favor of witnesses, uh, senators would have to override the chief justice of the United States by a two thirds. So not a simple majority. So it is hard to imagine a scenario where um, all of these Republicans willfully defy the chief justice of the United States Supreme There's Court, not the enough leader of, of the them district. to overrule that. There's not enough people to overrule that That's if true. he did. Right, right. But why isn't he? Why? I don't. I why think is it's not happening. So it's par- It's according to a very close reading of the of the rules that maybe isn't completely agreed upon or something that Chief jo- Justice John Roberts. I mean, I think he's sort of like watching to see. I think he has a very broad definition of what is a fair trial in this and he doesn't want to politicize it and he's like he knows that there are things at his disposal but it's not the judiciary's job and he's letting the legislative branch handle it but I wonder if eventually it's a balance of powers thing at this point I mean it just makes me question why why do we go with such specific readings of the rules for Republicans like that Mueller can indict a sitting president even though there's a wide range of opinions on that yet the rules never seem to work for the Democrats is it because the Democrats don't invoke them or is it because the rules aren't on their side I'm not a constitutional scholar but to I think me, Democrats it just seems like it, they yeah. don't like we fight don't, dirty. We don't. We don't, we don't, we don't take dirty. There like, are these loopholes that are they're there, and it's like it's like wow, how billionaires get that way. It's like they exploit loopholes. Why do we not exploit loopholes? I think because we think it's bad or unethical. But like, but if it's there, then right. it's not bad. Exactly. Right. It's the rule. Right. You're just doing the rule. Right. I, when I saw this headline today, I was like, oh, Chief Roberts could just subpoena Bolton. I'm like, what the. F- what? I know. What? Are I know. you kidding me? I know. So. But again, that's another narrative that's going to come up. Like, who will save us next? Uh-huh. Chief Roberts, right. Mueller, Nancy Pelosi. No one's saving us. No. No one's saving us because no one's willing to stand up to him to the extent that, like, Mitch McConnell would. Right. Or not that Mitch McConnell would to him, but that Mitch McConnell would to Merrick Garland's nomination, let's say. Exactly. Um. So... I mean, we'll keep you posted yeah, but, on if yeah. there's any changes. And um, one of the authors of that, that was a New York Times opinion piece that said, like, Chief Roberts needs to needs to subpoena Bolton was written by um, a couple of law professors at Georgetown and a former Republican congressman from Oklahoma. A Republican? Yep. Oh, my yep. God. I mean, notice how, like, a lot of, there's not a lot of Republicans that are now no longer in office who are, like, running to defend Trump. They're on TV being like, yeah, this is not acceptable. They're but, my favorite people to see on TV, yeah, honestly. Yeah. But as you were saying, even if he does not make it to the Senate, he can the house can can still invite him to talk and just a separate hearing about whatever they want i love that yeah love to hear it and of course if trump wins again or even if he doesn't and we also take the senate we could just impeach him again and get him out but we did ask we asked eric swell that and he was like i don't i don't know right well the senate but, um the number of votes that the senate has represents 18 percent of americans so we are officially under minority rule yeah. Maybe we could change that come november um, register to vote, everyone. Right. Okay, so Trump's reaction to this whole Bolton thing was a tweet, of course. It says, I never told John Bolton that the aid to Ukraine was tied to investigations into Democrats, including the Bidens. In fact, he never complained about this at the time of his very public termination. If John Bolton said this, it was only to sell a book. With that being said, the transcripts of my calls with President Zelensky are all the proof that is needed. In addition to the fact that President Zelensky and the foreign minister of Ukraine said there was no pressure and no problems. Additionally, I met with President Zelensky at the United Nations, Democrats that I never met, and released the military aid to Ukraine without any conditions or investigations and far ahead of schedule. I also allowed Ukraine to purchase Javelin anti-tank missiles. My administration has done 
far more than the previous administration. Okay, Ivanka wrote this. She did. <laughs> My favorite thing she is did. In the first it's like one. a constructed argument, right? In a way that does not have like weird capitalizations. It doesn't have like weird. There's one weird cap- javelin. I don't know. That, that could makes be a sense proper because noun. yesterday he tweeted something ridiculous that just didn't make any sense about Kobe Bryant. And then he tweeted that something much more, what, much more legible. So <laughs> Ivanka was probably on duty and then was like, let me just handle this. Yeah. Shit. But my favorite part is that he's like, I never told John Bolton that aid to Ukraine was tied to investigations. But he never complained about it at the time. <laughs> like, I never told him this. But even when I did, he didn't seem to have a problem. Right. Also, like, don't act like you weren't threatening him with lawsuits this whole time. If right. he said anything. Right. Yeah. Plus, I think he had his allegiances to the Republican Party. Yeah, the White House could also like I think if they go the route before where Chief Justice John Roberts, people, the White House could sue Roberts. Like this could just they're going to sue everybody, which is just they're going to exactly sue the what, Chief Justice. Right, that's what innocent people do. But Trump also yeah. claimed this morning that Democrats never asked Bolton to testify. I mean, they didn't subpoena him because I mean that's what that's what his defense has harped on this whole time is like you didn't even get all of the information. Why are we even here? Because you didn't give it to us. We weren't going to spend six months doing this. Right. Well, OK, but that brings us to um, the Trump's legal team yeah. argument, which they made on Saturday um, for two hours only, even though they had like the whole day that they could have. If used. I were a senator running for president, that would have made me so mad that they made them stay there for a two hour Saturday session when they could have been in traipsing in around Iowa. I know. But so the the so Trump's lawyer's arguments was essentially like you haven't heard from any witnesses. So then. <laughs> That then like went so far in a circle that it was like, oh, you should call the the witnesses. Right. But they're like, no, we right. can't do that. So I think, you know, Susan Collins is probably like, oh, shit. Yeah. They're going to call my witnesses. <laughs> right, right. I'm not sure. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So they only appear for two hours on Saturday because Trump thinks it's like a dead zone for TV ratings. He didn't really want them to spend too much time on Saturday. Um, even though he like made it an even bigger story by tweeting ridiculous shit afterwards. They said they were like, we don't even think we're going to need three days. I mean, their their performance was actually kind of celebrated afterwards for being, I mean, low expectations for being like sort of, sort of not measured, but they refer to the Democrats as like, oh, they think they're doing the right thing, but they're not. Like, they mostly focused on process. They, again, have not denied any claims against the president as much as insisted that he had the right to carry out foreign policy, which is so funny because at the beginning, this to get from no quid pro quo to like he can do whatever he wants is <laughs> right. really funny. Also, like this isn't foreign policy. This is personal extortion. Right, right, exactly. So let's make that distinction. Right, right. And they insisted very, very dramatically that this is just like Democrats trying to um, undo the 2016 election. Here's one of his lawyers, um, Pat Cipollone, sort of pontificating about that. They're asking you to remove President Trump from the ballot in an election that's occurring in approximately nine months. They're asking you to tear up all of the ballots across this country on your own initiative. Take that decision away from the American people. And I don't think they spent one minute of their 24 hours talking to you about the consequences of that for our country. Not one minute. They didn't tell you what that would mean for our country today, this year, and forever into our future. 
They're asking you to do something that no Senate has ever done. Infuriating. He's also just like completely passionless. I mean, but that could be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that they intentionally wanted to make Democrats look hysterical by being pretty like meh about it. No one's asking anyone to tear up the ballots. Even if he is removed from office, he could run again. Right. So, yeah. Right. Imagine that. So they, yeah. And the funny thing, they also like accuse Democrats of like reading people's minds. Like you don't even know what these witnesses would have to say. And it's like, I guess we do. I guess we do. That's why we want to see them. Right. Right. Exactly. No, no one said. So great. Let's have them. Why don't, why are you stopping it? If you don't know that it's going to be so bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, the next morning, uh, Trump tweeted, shifty Adam shift is a corrupt politician and probably a very sick man. He has not paid the price yet for what he has done to our country. (laughs) Okay. That's a threat. That's a threat. And Adam Schiff was like, responded and I, he sort of responded similar to like Marie Ivanovich and I was just thinking because they both respond like you know journalists ask them like do you think he's threatening to kill you and they're both like I don't you think if I say yes that's good and it's true it would be Fox News like Democrats claim that Trump wants to kill them and but it's like what else does he mean what else does he mean that he says that I've not paid the price yet what does that mean stay tuned for our one more thing for more on the threats and how the president words them yeah Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, let's do the election section. Yeah, let's check on the state of the race. The Iowa caucus is a week away there next Monday. Oh, man. I know. I can't believe it. I know. But I'm so not enthused. So not enthused. Um, Over the weekend, the Des Moines Register endorsed Elizabeth Warren, which is super important endorsement because it's like Iowa's number one paper. Yeah, more important than like the Times endorsement at this point, even though she she did get that too. Yeah, I mean, the Times, you know, just, you know, the liberal media elitists on the coast. Right. Who cares what they have to say? Right. Did you see the clip of her finding out that she had gotten it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cute. She's a little cutie. I know. Um, so as this is happening, Bernie Sanders is continuing Surging. to surge in the state. Um, a New York Times Siena College poll of likely Iowa caucus goers finds Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders with a clear lead at 25%. Um, Pete Buttigieg at 18%, Biden at 17%, Elizabeth Warren at 15 and Amy Klobuchar at 8 I've also seen polls that put Klobuchar above Warren. Me too. I saw Klobuchar at a 13. A I saw 13. that. That was an Emerson College poll from a few days ago. That And that, that one also had Sanders as much as nine points ahead of Biden. It's interesting because in this one, it's it's Bernie Buttigieg Biden mm-hmm. and I've also seen Bernie Biden Me too. 
uh, Buttigieg. So, yeah, I think the yeah. one that I saw that had uh, Sanders nine points ahead and Klobuchar ahead of Warren, it was a very small group. It was like 450 people. Of, yeah. Yeah. I think this something I've learned bigger. as I look more into polling and I get just a little bit more educated on it, um, like what kind of scientific methods go into it. I follow this woman, uh, Rachel Beikhofer mm-hmm. on Twitter, and she does just she has like interesting methods, I guess. Um, and it helps to like understand what's going into this, like what turnout is this predicting? Okay. Because um, there's different factors that lead to these numbers. Obviously, that's why you get discrepancies. Um, in them yeah yeah I mean the one that has Warren at 15 percent it's like it's a 15 it's hard to imagine a scenario in which like imagine if she didn't get to 15 and then her caucus goers had to switch I don't see that happening I feel like that's probably like a low a low bar for her but I think the worst case that will happen to her is, is it'll be like um just, just that she didn't do as well as they hoped. Right, right. Yeah, they haven't really been. I don't know. Pete P- yeah. Buttigieg was like surging in Iowa. He was number one a few weeks ago. So this is really just a timing thing. It's true. It's like if Buttigieg underperforms in Iowa, it's going to look worse than if Warren does. Just because I feel like their her camp hasn't really been hyping that up. Yeah. And I think Bernie Sanders is going to be in a great place if he wins yeah, the I state, don't... which looks likely. Right. I happen to feel like Iowa's more Buttigieg country than it is. Elizabeth Warren yeah but totally Totally. I mean these things I think you really can't tell how they're gonna go um but meanwhile Andrew Yang has qualified for the next debate in New Hampshire on February 7th which is four days before the New Hampshire primary yeah um that's exciting that's great love Love Andrew Yang yeah he needs to be up there um I think I think he was polling along with Steyer at about three percent in that poll that we talked about um and then Iowa. I think there's a later you poll. You think the Iowans yeah. are going to vote for Andrew Yang, yeah. even though I actually think that when you look at his, um, his message, right. he is, I think, probably the most helpful for yeah. them because his whole his whole platform is about automation and how you can actually help the economy recover these jobs that are not going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah. And I even saw another article saying that, like, there are there might be different. One of the reasons Bloomberg has not been able to appear in a debate, even though his polling OK, because like. Steyer and Bloomberg are polling okay because people vote based on name recognition and they're pouring so much money into these early states that like they just now know these guys names more than people that haven't been able to pay I saw Bloomberg at 9% in a poll did you well I saw that he beats uh, Trump by everybody but more than anybody but Biden I mean, it makes sense. Bloomberg is what Trump wants you to think I he think is. That, I agree. I think like that's why Bloomberg thinks he's a billionaire. Yeah. Was mayor of New York, meaning you know the people who Trump wants to like him actually do like Bloomberg. Right. Um, he actually is self-made. Right. There's all these things about Bloomberg that I think would just like stand this beautiful contrast with Trump. Like it's like here's what here's what, is, yeah this you, is this a fake you billionaire. This is an actual billionaire. Right. Take I think, your pick. I think that's why Bloomberg's running. He's like, if this is what you think you want, I'm that and I'm not a monster. Yeah. Like, and I'm actually it. Like, right. I actually did make this money. I actually have it. You can see by how much I'm pouring into my ads in Iowa. Yeah. So every time yeah. we talk about. Uh, and he Michael. uses his own money. That's the difference is that Trump claims that he's self-funded his campaign. But actually he was just grifting away. That's also. Using everyone else's money. Refusing yeah. to pay anyone back. Bloomberg that's, uses his own money. That's also what's kept Bloomberg off the debate stage is that um, these, that require, is, yeah. these qualifications include like having enough individual donors. And because he's not accepting any donations, he's financing his entire campaign. I, so I think there's changes that, that he could appear in subsequent debates and he also I think uh, decided to instead of airing his own Super Bowl ad 
is going to air something more more generally an anti-trump ad yeah i think he kind of combines them yeah he usually does like you know 15 right. seconds on trump's an asshole it'll, right 15 it'll, seconds on i'm mike well, I'm a regular gonna, guy. Right. it's gonna be like an anti-trump <laughs> ad and then it'll be like this has been endorsed by bloomberg for president yeah so, exactly yeah um but trump apparently said like mike bloomberg can't be president because he can't speak like have you met yourself it's so funny that just like mini mike i'm like that's that's what you've got mini mike he's not even that small no i could pro- probably come up with a worse one I tried <laughs> millionaire <laughs> mike he's only a millionaire oh, yeah, that'd be funny <laughs> yeah um uh, okay let's move on to one more thing mm-hmm. um so this weekend you guys you all remember we'll have parnas mm-hmm. of seven days ago <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, there, uh, his lawyer released a literal video of President Trump at a dinner. It's like a 90-minute video with Fruman, Parnas, Don Jr., um, who else was there? I think Giuliani, some donors. Yeah. Um, gang's all here. The gang's all here. It's several donors. There's someone who runs an energy company. Uh, I'm trying to remember all of the other players, but... You know, you have the dream team there. Yeah. And Parnas or Fruman is recording this video. Um, It was recorded in 2018, I believe in April. Um, And President Trump covers a long list of topics, um, including Maria Yovanovitch. He tells Parnas to take her out. He bashes the European Union, saying they got together to screw the United States. I'm sure. Okay, it's not all about you. Um, He talks about marijuana legalization. It causes low IQ. Uh, You are born. Right. I think you are. Right. (laughs) I don't think that's how IQ works. (laughs) Maybe it does, you know, fuck your memory up a little bit. But it doesn't cause low IQ. Um, And he also even discussed that. He was afraid in 2016 that Hillary would pick Bernie as her VP. He said it would have been tougher. Yeah. Which should tell you something about maybe he is scared of Bernie. Yeah. Once he gets Biden out of the way. Right. I know. You know, maybe Bernie is his next issue. Um, So Seth Abramson on Twitter did. If you don't have, you know, 90 minutes to watch this, (laughs) go look at Seth Abramson's Twitter thread where he basically summarizes minute by minute what is happening in the video. And he gives a lot of it context. He talks about who's speaking about what. Um, And he has this interesting take on it that ultimately all of this comes down to like the energy trade. Like it's all just about money, which actually you know, putting two and two together that Burisma is an energy company. It actually makes a lot of sense. Um, also, Dmitry Firtash, the Russian oligarch, controls the energy trade, and I think um, it was it was noted that one of the quid pro quos in this yeah. whole thing was that um, Firtash would put Firtash is backed by the Kremlin. Yeah. Obviously, that's like who gave him permission to run the energy trade, um, and that hopefully he they wanted him to basically put pressure on Ukraine, who relies on Russia for energy, in order to put more pressure so that they would do these investigations. Right. So it really all comes full circle. And then here. there were people like friends of Giuliani who were vowing to help represent Furtash in his like extradition case because he's oh, currently Tensing yeah. and DeGeneva. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. It all it They're honestly all, in the words of Lev Parnas, they were all best friends. <laughs> right. Once you get the pieces together, yes. it actually forms a beautiful mosaic of what happened. Right. The downfall of America. Yes. <laughs> All right. Is that it? That's it for today. What should we plug? Should we tell everyone to listen, uh, sign up for our email? Sign up for our email. We'll be covering all this day after day. Everything's in there. Everything you need. It's so funny, too. Oh, it's really funny every day. 
That's just, it's written by Elise, one of our hosts, yes. who just reprised her role in the new season of our cartoon president as AOC. It came out last night. I watched it immediately. Um, so yeah, go to betches.co slash sub sign up to get our email and tell a friend about the podcast. Tell a friend. What else? Anything? That's it. We're going to have our voter registration up within the next few weeks. Yeah, we have lots of exciting election-themed things coming up. Yes, interviews with candidates, potentially. We're just working on getting those all out for you. And DM us if you have any questions, concerns, at Betches underscore sup. Follow us on TikTok and Twitter as well. All right, until the end of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this has been the Betches Sup Podcast. Betches.